the Timepieces History Podcast, where each bite-sized show shares the story of a place, person or object from the past. Here's your host, Gudrun Lorette. Hello and welcome to the Timepieces History Podcast. This is episode 7 of season 2. This season is all about places of interest in the northeast of England, and today we're looking at the Castle Keep, which sits on the site of the castle, which gave Newcastle upon Tyne its name. I'd love to know what you think of these episodes, so please come and find me on Twitter, at Gudrun or leave a comment on your audio play of choice. Alternatively, you can pop a message onto the relevant podcast page over at gudrunlorette.com forward slash podcast, where you'll find the show notes, useful links, and an episode transcript. There's no email address required to access that. The castle keep stands above the River Tyne, and the earliest fortification on the site was built by the Romans in approximately 122 AD. This was to guard the bridge across the river, which was known as Ponsalius, or Hadrian's Bridge. Alias was his family name. The bridge itself stood where the swing bridge is today. The garrison was part of Hadrian's Wall and was an important defensive structure. The first soldiers based there were from the German tribe known as the Kugerni, or Chugerni, and were later replaced by the Cornovi Regiment from Manchester. The wooden fort was rebuilt in stone in 211 AD. Although abandoned when the Romans left in 400 AD, the fort site became part of an Anglo-Saxon church in the 800s. The settlement there was known as Monkchester, and a cemetery was built at the site. Monkchester seems to be an odd name, as there is no evidence of a monastery there. The Venerable Bede mentions a settlement known as Admurum on the wall, which people think may be the site of Newcastle today. After securing most of England after the Norman Conquest, William gave the land to his eldest son, Robert, with the intention that he would build a fortification on it to defend England from the Scots. In 1080, the Scottish kings ruled Cumbria too, so Robert had his work cut out for him. He built a castle in a Martin Bailey style so favoured by the Normans, giving him control over the Ponsalius, which was still the major crossing point of the time, and called it, in Latin, Novum Castrum Supertinum, the new castle upon the Tyne. A small township soon sprang around the fort. Robert's dad was so impressed by how well the keep succeeded in its job that he turned his attention to castles further north, taking control of the ancient seat of the Northumbrian kings, Bamborough, in 1095. That castle became a garrison, used as a base for attacks on the Scottish border. Robert, as we'll shortly see, did not have the best relationship with his family and thought that he should have been made the King of England after the death of William the Conqueror. That wasn't an unreasonable belief, as he was the oldest son. Unfortunately, it was the third son, William Rufus, Rufus meaning the red, probably a reference to his hair, was made king in 1087. Robert decided to rebel in 1088, and when this failed, he set off for the Crusades. Seven years later, Robert de Mowbray, the Earl of Northumbria who gave the land for Tynemouth Priory to the Benedictines, besieged the new castle. William Rufus promptly took it back and threw de Mowbray into prison, where he languished for 30 years before dying. Sometime in the 1130s, King David of Scotland managed to acquire the castle, although it was soon back in the hands of the English monarchy. Henry II, crowned in 1154, decided to deal with the Scottish invaders in the north and took control of the castle. In 1168, he ordered the timber castle to be rebuilt in stone. Morris the engineer, yes, really, completed the rebuild in 1178 at a cost of just over £1,114. That structure is the one that we still see and visit today. King John issued a royal charter to Newcastle in 1216, which gave merchants greater control over the trade on the river. 
The keep, also known then as the Great Tower, was the focal point of the castle. Building works continued until 1250 when the gatehouse or barbican was finished. In Henry III's time, the castle defences were reinforced by the walled barbican entrance, with a portcullis to allow or prevent entry to the castle and a gatehouse with a drawbridge manned by soldiers. The gatehouse was later turned into a house when Alexander Stevenson leased the building from King James I in the 17th century. Two additional floors were built above, and the lease passed to one Patrick Black, who, although he may never have lived at the gatehouse, gave it its, gave it its current name of the Black Gate. It was later used as a tavern in around the 1630s. So what do we know about William the Conqueror's son Robert, who was known as Robert Curthose? The eldest son, his nickname apparently came about because he had short legs as a child. Norman French, forgive me, I'm probably going to pronounce this wrong, Curthose is short stockings. Born in either 1051 or 1054, the young Robert was described as skillful in military exercises, courageous, but lazy and with a weak character. He was followed by his brother Richard, who died in a riding accident, the aforementioned William Rufus and Henry, who claimed the crown after Rufus died in 1100. Robert's relationships with the rest of the family continued to be fraught. In 1077, his brothers tipped a full chamber pot over his head from a gallery above him. Unamused and dismayed that his father didn't tell them off, bearing in mind at this point they were all grown men, Robert decided to revolt against William. An unsuccessful attempt to capture Rouen Castle led to a battle with William's men and the prince fled to Flanders. Two years later he unhorsed his father in battle and only avoided killing him when he realised who he was. This prompted his mother, Queen Matilda, to bring about a truce. The tentative peace between father and son was sufficient enough to persuade William that he could trust Robert to deal with the Scottish raiding parties who were crossing the border into Northumberland and allow him to build the new castle, which we know he did. Incidentally, Robert continued to fight with his brothers, double-crossing them, amassing armies to march against Henry. Robert also challenged Henry for the crown when he got back from the Crusades but was unsuccessful. In 1106, Henry defeated Robert in battle, he imprisoned his older brother in Devizes Castle for 20 years. From there, Robert was moved to Cardiff and died in the castle there in 1134, aged 80-something. That's all for today. Thank you for listening. Please tune in on Thursday for the next episode and let me know what you think of today's episode as well. Thank you for listening to the Time Pieces History Podcast. Don't forget to listen next time for more quick history facts.